Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Yo, 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 hey, hi, how you doing? Hello, you know, you know. It's NBA Today Playoff Edition. I'm your host with the most, Corbin Ford. Follow me at CorbinNBA on Twitter. Check out my IG at NBA Barbarian because why not? I'm actually just getting used to the Instagram thing. I'm not going to last like six posts and they're all like very poorly done. Mostly plugs of the show, but whatever. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe. A lot of people know how I'm doing. You know, it's the, the maiden voyage of a general NBA show in hoop ball, but we're doing the best we can. we got a great team. I certainly try. You know, we're going to have some guests and stuff coming up. So that's exciting, right? Exactly. So give it some love. Let me know what you think. Give me some comments. All that feedback. Very much appreciated. Good, bad, indifferent. I don't care. I love it. I want all of it. So definitely make sure you give that to me. I appreciate that, and I would appreciate y'all. Actually, I got that wrong. I would appreciate that, and I already appreciate y'all. So we just put it out there. Uh, check out the fine folks at HoopBall. Hoop-Ball.com and on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. This is, after all, a HoopBall production. They put together tremendous content. Fantasy perspective, usually, but the general basketball stuff is just as good. Check out the basketball breakdown. They have a variety of team podcasts, up-to-the-minute fantasy news and information. Between Dan Bespris on Twitter and Aaron Bruce, you got two of the best in the biz. I mean... There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on over there. You want to be part of it, check it out. Very simple uh, to find out and be a part of the team and just take in all the great content that we bring in out all on the daily. But let's get to it. Had a game seven. Going to bury the lead. We're not going to talk about that right now. Got some news first to talk about. Uh, this was referencing the Boston Celtics. Remember, they are up 2-0 over the Raptors. But Marcus Smart, noted flopper himself, was fined for, uh, you know, a pretty good... <laughs> He, 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 he got his money's worth, I would say. It was 2.46 left in the third quarter of the Celtics' ultimate 102-99 victory. He was fined 5000 He's been here before. Marcus Martin knows what it is. He flopped. They still was a key a reason the Celtics won, especially going off for those five straight threes and just, you know, putting the team on his back for a stretch that had them trailing and all of a sudden up by a good little margin by the time he was done. So I'm sure he'll take those 5000 give it to the league, and be happy that with his efforts, the Celtics are up 2-0 over the Raptors. In other news, despite a tough Game 7 loss and absolutely going off in the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz are reportedly set to finalize the maximum rookie contract extension when free agency opens, according to Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes. So, that's cool. Remember, this dude, 23 Donovan Mitchell, proved his worth, yo. He really balled out. He is getting that money. He averaged 36.3 points in the seven-game series. That's the first in the NBA during the first round. Number one, most points. On 50% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from the free throw line, and 90%, no, my fault, 50% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from three, and 90% shooting from the free throw line. That is insane. Yeah, ultimately a tough game seven loss. 
80 to 78, that's not great. But he balled out. And that rookie max extension is approximately valued at around $170 million over five years this offseason. And the offseason is scheduled to begin in October. But Donovan Mitchell deserved it. He's been one of the key pieces of a Jazz team that remained competitive despite Gordon Hayward's departure a couple of years ago. And remind you, he was a rookie coming in instantly assuming a huge role in the Utah offense, and he's absolutely exploded. Yes, there's a lot he can still work on, maybe did some of the mid-range, although he's very good there, you know, always can improve on the defensive end, but he has made such strides to his game, and now he's clearly a star player for Utah. He's only cemented that. Jamal Murray may have done the most for his rep in that seven-game series, but Donovan Mitchell was no slouch, y'all, and y'all know that. We saw what he did. Y'all saw the rookie put up. Dude was on fire. Alright, so real quick, I'm going to get to the games. I'm going to get to the games. I, I might as well touch on the fact that the Bucks did lose to the Heat. That's a whole other story in and of itself. But I need to say that first because it's another episode of Twitter Fingers. And this time, I'm actually going for a player I respect, an analyst I respect, Richard Jefferson. think he's one of the more funnier, engaging guys out there, down to earth. Was a really solid player. Even had a couple years where he was like sub-star status, like 2008, 2009. Check it out uh, with the Bucks. Uh, with the Nets and then the Bucks just before we went to San Antonio and everything happened there. But the point being, I like Richard Jefferson. But, you know, Bucks lost. We'll get to that. And Richard goes on Twitter and basically says, Giannis might be a Pippin. There, I said it. He needs his Jordan. Why? Why? Why does every player have to be a Jordan or a Pippin? What would you call Luka Doncic? What would you call Jimmy Butler? I mean, those are two unique players in their own right. How about a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant? Huh? A LeBron James, who I wouldn't call a Kobe or a Jordan. I would call LeBron, LeBron. And yes, I'm being very literal right now, but also in the sense that you're not going to have a player who is a Hall of Famer at doing a little bit of everything in the way that Scottie Pippen was, or an ultimate alpha dog who was just the very best at what he did in one or two specific facets of his game. One of the best scorers you've ever seen, one of the best defenders. Where Scottie Pippen was a little bit of a great scorer, a little bit of a great defender, a little bit of a great ball handler, initiator. He did a little bit of everything. He was an all-star defender, actually. Let me not shortchange the great Scottie Pippen on his defensive acumen because we know what that guy did. But uh, You get what I'm trying to say. You get what I'm trying to say. Giannis has holes in his game. We know. Giannis could definitely work on outside shooting. Giannis could definitely work on some diversification of his offensive game, aside from what was going to his left. Yes, he is bigger. Yes, he is taller than a lot of players. And his physical dominance alone will get him to where he is right now. One of the better players in the NBA. One of the top three NBA players in the game today. But there are some other elements of his game that he can fine-tune and hone to continue to elevate himself. That That is an argument. I think we all agree with that, right? Right, exactly. So, that doesn't make him a Jordan, because I wouldn't call him that. Nowhere near. I don't know if I call him a Pippin either. He can be more dominant in some ways, I think, than a Pippin can. Although Pippin was so destructive on ball. And Giannis can be, but Giannis is better as an off-ball havoc wreaker. So it's slightly different there, too. Pippin also, although a shaky shooter himself, was a better shooter. So I'd give him that. Also a better ball handler this year, like full-time. Giannis can do it and, and can be kind of the point center, whatever the case may be, but I don't look at him in the same way that I look at Pippen if we're lining the two up that way. So, ah, I, I just don't see it. So if he's not a Jordan and he's not a Pippen, then what is Giannis Antetokounmpo? 
<laughs> I'll tell you. He's Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's it. It's simple. There's no need to do this. I, I get the media and let's just, NBA Twitter and how we judge basketball games. We have just declined so badly. Like our analysis is just strictly hot takes nowadays. It, it triggers people. It really does. Nuanced, balanced NBA takes apparently are so passe. But that's another conversation for another episode. Right now, I feel like Richard Jefferson just fell into that trap. We've seen Kendrick Perkins do it. We've seen Paul Pierce do it. Jalen Rose got in the act a couple times. It's happened. It's not great. Looks bad. Starts a conversation, though. There's a reason I'm talking about on NBA today, right? Exactly. So, sum it up. Richard Jefferson did the try and true media trick of, you know, trying to cause a hot take controversy. Don't fall for it, y'all. We are a lot more educated NBA fans than I think the media lets on. Or we let ourselves on with the way we have this communication with each other. He's not a Pippen. He's not a Jordan. He's a dominant NBA player, a soon-to-be two-time MVP, who has some flaws in his game they needs to work on, and he's also down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. And speaking of that, that, that right there is a tremendous segue, because the Miami Heat won this game, but, like, really, the refs won this game. And I don't mean to say that any other way than to say what happened, because in, in the last couple minutes, it was like, the refs looked and said, okay, you know what, it's time to time to take over down the stretch. I'll give you a, a brief synopsis here. On NBA.com, right? I'll read the final score. 116-114, right? It says that Dragic hit 23 points, and he did. Goran Dragic, real quick, has been so great. He's about to get, like, a massive one-year contract from the Heat. Because they're going to want to retain him, but they're not going to want to give him that much money to limit their flexibility to sign Giannis or another good free agent in the year 2021 they have all eyes on Giannis and with the way that Giannis is losing to Miami uh who knows I'm not trying to get into that whole maybe he wants to take his talents to South Beach but I'm just saying it's everything's in play we don't know these things until we do right the point being Goran Dragic will find himself in Miami and he's going to get paid right even at 34 or 35 because he has looked so aggressive and, and 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 first of all so healthy being able to get to the line, being able to slash, being able to shoot the J, um, finishing with, with craft and touch that is stymieing the Milwaukee defenders. He's been a linchpin for the Heat in the playoffs so far. First against Orlando, and now here through two games against Milwaukee. And just looking at the numbers, I mean, you couldn't argue why. 23 points, four three-pointers, Five rebounds, four assists, a little bit of everything. But that's really the story of the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler actually had a pretty rough game, 3-8 from the field. But he still had his fingerprints on everything. 13 points, three rebounds, six assists. Every starter for the Miami Heat finished in double figures. And as a whole, the Miami Heat had seven players in double digits. You had Gordon Dragon, 23. Tyler Hero in 31 minutes with 17. Then you had Jay Crowder with 16, Bam Adebayo with 15, and then Butler and Duncan Robinson with 13 apiece. And again, credit to the Bucks for playing pretty decent defense on Duncan Robinson. 3-8 from 3, no assist, unlike last game, only 13 points. They're more or less holding him in check, but it was a balanced Miami Heat effort, and they deserved to win this game. They did. Now, that's not why they won. They deserved to win because they played better. But... You could say, and I am going to say it, the reason that they did win was because of the refs. Jimmy Butler made two free throws, no time remaining. Then he somehow lost a six-point lead in the final seconds, but still won. Now, what was weird about this is that... <sighs> this is going to take a breakdown. 
you got to start with about five seconds left in the game. Okay, this is the first, like, dubious call. Goran Dragic called for a foul on a Chris Middleton three-pointer. At that point, the Bucks are trailing by three. Again, five seconds left in the game. Dragic had to stay on his feet. It looked like he raised his arms to contest, and it was fine. It looked like a decent contest, right? Still call for the shooting foul. Middleton, clutch. Mm, give him that. Went to the free throw line, knocked on all three free throws. Tie game, right? Couple seconds left. Game over. We're going to overtime, right? Wrong. Miami, they call a timeout. Get the ball to half court. Jimmy Butler takes the inbound pass, kind of gets him gets himself to the left corner, and just squares up and shoots a three over Wesley Matthews. Rather than the final buzzer sounded, right? Not a three. It was a deep two, right? Giannis had rushed in to contest the shot. He was called for a foul. But here's the thing. The foul happened at 0.00 on the clock. Butler went to the line for two free throws and won the game on that. That is just... The contest, well, yeah, I get He kind of ran into him. I get it. But there was no need for that. You let that go. Why do the rest feel the need to insert themselves at every opportunity? I will never understand. Did Miami play better? Heck, yes, they did. Did they deserve to win the game? Yes, they totally did. Again, Giannis, well, Giannis was stymied just when he was needed most. Some of the Bucks didn't come through. Yeah, no one is saying that that wasn't the case. But for the rest to take over like they did there? No, no. There's nothing you can say to convince me that that that's that that is the call they should have made that's one of those play on calls and you just keep moving right now though i'm, I'm gonna i just touched on the refs because we had to the refs gonna ref right scott foster steve jabby these guys that gotta make themselves start the show at some point right this is what the nba is all about national oh, no i'm not gonna go with the joke there. i was trying to make one on the fly it didn't work but bear with me basically what i'm trying to say is at certain points in the season we, it was really big around this last year where the refs were just inserting themselves. Horrible calls. In fact, no, 2020 has been so long. I think it was the beginning of this year where refs were just making dumb calls. Like dumb calls that anyone's eyes could see except for the refs. That, that's a shame. It could have cost a, a deserving team a playoff win. It all worked out. Basketball karma, whatever you want to call it, the right team won. The team that played better won, but there was no reason for it to come to that. No reason at all. Those last minutes were wild and... It wasn't for a good reason. Real quick, though. The Heat against other teams at the top of the Eastern Conference are 17-6, and six, yo. 17-6. and six. Just saying. That's pretty darn dominant. Now, Coach Boonozer, for what it's worth, and I have thoughts on Coach Bud. First of all, here's the thing. It's the playoffs, right? I, it, it, it's cool. It, 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 it's... It's, what's the word am I looking for? It is thinking, 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 hip. It's hipster to be playing your star players 33 to 35 minutes a game. It's cool, right? Yeah, you know, Giannis had three fouls in the second quarter, so we're going to take him out. That's fine. Giannis ended the game with three, four fouls. He's a star. He knows how to manage playing with fouls. And when you're in the playoffs against a team that has clearly shown, if you're going to play the minutes like this the regular season, they're going to beat you like they did in the regular season. Damn Heat are playing no games. You are two games down looking at an upset right now. Now is not the time to be giving Chris Middleton a crisp 36 minutes a game. Now is not the time to be capping Giannis's minutes at sub 40. It's just not the time for that. There's nowhere that works. Nowhere that that works. So, I'm... I don't know. Bud needs to work on that. For what it's worth, he said about the final foul call that he would say he was disappointed with the judgment, the decision, and the timing, as I am, as we all are. It's a tough job. He has a lot of respect for the officials. We have our way of seeing things. We're going to disagree. 
that's Giannis trying to keep his money. Coach of the year, he just got a new dis, you know, a new a bonus. I don't know how that works, and he's trying to keep that money on him. And that's do what you gotta do, man. Do what you gotta do. Get your bag, whatever. And honestly, if I was him, no, if I was him, I'd make a stronger fault case that was a rest fault. Even though it's my poor coaching strategies up to this point that had me in the situation I'm in. It just is plain and simple. It's the playoffs. I don't know why we're doing these weird minute timings. It's some type of personal code on how many minutes you want to play where you play your heavy hitters heavy minutes. You just do. I don't get it. And, and I won't. But let me run through the box real quick. Giannis played better. Again, just need to do more. 29 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists. 9-13 from the free throw line. He shot 44% from the free throw line game 1. 69% game 2. That's That's a hike, right? He made a couple threes in game one, only took one, missed it in game two. Brooke Lopez, he cooled down a little bit, but was still mad efficient. 16 points, 7 rebounds. Chris Middleton definitely cooled down. 23 points, but on 40% from the field, didn't make a three. He did get to the free throw line, was pretty aggressive there. Uh, shot 11 from 12 from there, 6 rebounds, 8 assists for him. Wesley Matthews, 30 minutes of uh, 4 points and 4 rebounds of action. That's it. Eric, he, he played good defense, but that was it. Pat Connaughton got some run. This is what I'm trying to say. Pat Connaughton. Two points, one of four shooting, three rebounds. The dude played 12 minutes. Marvin Williams, four points, one of six shooting. Didn't make a three, five rebounds. He played 21 minutes. George Hill, George Hill's fine because Eric Bledsoe came back from that hamstring injury he had. Eric Bledsoe played 30 minutes, 16 points, 6 of 14 from the field. Made his only three, seven rebounds, two assists. He did a little bit. And George Hill, who really should be one of the two people off the bench. I would say if I'm Coach Bud and I'm coaching the Bucks right now, George Hill's getting run. He played very well. 14 points on 55% shooting, 3 rebounds, 3 rebounds, excuse me, 2 threes, he did okay, right? Kyle Korver for some floor spacing, knocked on all, uh, knocked down a 3, got to the free throw line on another attempt, he played well. But I'm looking at George Hill, I'm looking at Marvin Williams, and maybe I'm looking at Kyle Korver for spot minutes off the bench. After that, that's it. We're riding with the guys that got to the first five guys, and then we'll dip down Marvin Williams to bring another stretchy element, bring another big, boom. George Hill platooning with Eric Bledsoe for that point guard spot, swing to off guard, boom. Kyle Korver, again, three-point shooting, someone to swing between shooting guard and small forward, boom. We're not going too deep in the bench. It's not rocket science. It just isn't. But, those are my thoughts. Anyways, Milwaukee needs to make some changes, and he make them fast, because Miami has shown that, uh, yeah, we're gonna keep coming at you. We're gonna keep coming at you. And this is Miami Heat. They've ratched up the three-point attempts. They shot 45 threes. 17 of 45. That's 37%. That's not horrible. That's crazy to me. Meanwhile, Milwaukee shot 28% from three on 7 of 25. That's pitiful. And four of them were from Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe. And when I say from Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe, I mean three are from Brooke Lopez. One was from Eric Bledsoe. And then you toss in two from George Hill and that's six of the Bucks seven. That Chris Middleton didn't give you anything. Wes Matthews didn't give you anything. Looking down the line, Pat Connaughton, Marvin Williams. That's it. That's it. Kyle Korver with the other three, and there you have it, seven. No. No. That's just not going to work for Milwaukee. And they need to shape up. They need to shape up fast. These games are coming a lot quicker. They're just snapping on, and the Bucks are just catching else. And if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah, we're going to hear all all year about Giannis and all year about Coach Bud and will Giannis go to Miami and will Giannis join LeBron with the Lakers wait no one's saying that just me oh whatever and will Giannis go to the Warriors you know what I mean all of this 
We're going to have it. And for what? Because you guys couldn't take care of business? You're the number one seed. All these dominant records and everything you've done that has gotten Giannis to the point right now where he's going to be MVP, show up and show out. Put your money where your mouth is. All the other uh, cliches to say, show up and play. That's all I got on that, though. We got a Game 7 to discuss. Right, y'all. So if you've listened to this show for any length of time, followed the fine folks at Hoopball, as I keep saying, you know that I am a giver. I like to share discounts, deals. If I win, you win. We're happy. Mi casa, su casa, my people, your people, our people, all that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. With that being said, it's my bookie time, y'all. Boom. What is my bookie, dude? Gals, ladies, gentlemen, sir, ah, my bookie. It's amazing, y'all. It's a home run. It's a slam dunk, triple overtime, game winning shot. It's everything all wrapped up into one. We all love it. Has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. And guess what, y'all? In case you didn't notice, it's the playoffs. There's never been a better time to start paying. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Let's talk about baseball. Feeling good about your MLB team's chances? Who knows how the standings are? I don't know. I don't watch baseball. But if you do, nothing like staying on that team and betting on them before the season's even begun but the only thing better than before the season's even begun is betting on them as the season's going along because guess what any team that's going in the nosedive can come back up and save the day that's what i thought about my 2019 lakers did it happen no but that's what i thought that's what i'm saying but forget baseball forget 2019 lakers those days are done right smart betters are always looking toward the future in this case, that doesn't only mean basketball and baseball. That means hockey. That means football. That means uh, sport, online sports betting. All of that. My bookie is accepting bets on all of it. There's never been a better time to start exploring this whole new world of sports betting, especially since we're all home right now thinking of these numbers and permutations anyway, right? I'm sure we are. We are all just indoor bookies at this point, right? So fully embrace that. Go to my bookie. Right now, join today. My book will match your deposit 100% complete. 100 plus. They will toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. If you want to go messing around with that and, you know, seeing how that baseball life is, all you got to do is enter promo code HoopBall. H O O P B A L L altogether. HoopBall when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Also, you thought one deal was good. Support from HoopBall is also brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I have a story of me attempting to groom with something that wasn't the new Lawnmower 3.0, and it ended ugly. And I'm not going to share that story because NBA Today is a show of optimism and hope and basketball and not horrific accidents from the land down under. It just isn't, right? So we're just going to let that go. But let's talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. It's their third-generation trimmer. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell y'all this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Also, if you thought that was good, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that baby can go with you everywhere. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. You can actually see what you're working with. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Yep, the Lawnmower 3.0 has a charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, and I know y'all are, I want y'all to experience it firsthand for yourself. This is for ladies and gentlemen, it's for everyone. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20. Hoop 
Ball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at Hoopball20 at Manscaped.com. I'm saying it and over and over and over. 20% off, free shipping. Use the code Hoopball20 at Manscaped.com. Tell them Corbin sent you. Are they prepared to hear that? No, because they're not aware that Corbin sent you, but why not? Lawnmower 3.0 at Manscaped. Check it out, y'all. So we had another Game 7, as y'all know. Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, two teams that swap point guards. In case you were under a rock for the past, I don't know, nine months, Russell Westbrook left the only home he's ever known for 11 seasons in Oklahoma City to team up with his former partner, teammate, slash best friend, James Harden, on the Houston Rockets, while Chris Paul, after having an uneasy alliance with James Harden in Houston, goes back to a team that he actually started his career with, sort of, kind of, playing for the New Orleans Hornets back in the day. But also playing in Oklahoma City, because back then, Hurricane Katrina had happened, and the Hornets were a little bit, you know, dis- displaced, as so many others were during that time. So, it was almost like a weird kind of symmetry here. As these two teams collide back. We've talked about every game in this series. The back and the fourth. Rockets taking a quick 2-0 edge over the Thunder. And looking as if they were going to thoroughly outclass OKC. OKC doing what OKC has done all year. Battling back. Led largely behind Chris Paul. But also guys like Lou Dort and Dennis Schroeder. And not Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Which I thought was interesting. But anyways. They tied it back up. Houston went took a 3-2 lead with a blowout victory. OKC came back in a clutch win where we know Houston struggled and Russell Westbrook and Pickler struggled down the stretch. And now, it all led to this Game 7. The winner would play the Los Angeles Lakers. The loser has a lot of questions. If you're Houston. If you're OKC, you're happy you got to this point, right? No one expected this. A tough, scrappy team with players that a lot of NBA pundits thought would be trade off early into the season Danilo Gallinari, Chris Paul no, they stayed in, they instilled this culture a bunch of young guys came together and clung to that and here you have a tough scrappy Oklahoma City Thunder team that is more than the sum of its parts and has played just some of the best grittiest gutsy basketball over the past 6-7-8 months so it led down to this game 7 and how did it happen? Drum roll, please. What was the result? Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Let me just tell you. Shout out first to Neats Blutes. Neats Blue on Twitter. Neats. I just know her first name from podcasts and such. She said this in a tweet that was just as eloquent as it was to the point and accurate. Only a game between CP3 and James Harden, ref by Scott Foster, could end in such a fashion. Who would have thought? Just bear with me here. Who would have thought that James Harden would make the defensive play of the game against a player who put OKC on his back and led them on an offensive attack, pacing the Thunder all night long to this spot and getting their game-winning three blocked. And no, I'm not talking about Chris Paul. Surprise, right? Nope. Chris Paul, 19 points, 5 11 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, great, but not talking about him. I'm not talking about Danilo Gallinari, heavens no, 4 points, 2 of 6 shooting, 9 rebounds, not talking about him. Okay, now you might be confused. Maybe I'm talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander. He played well, 19 points, 3 threes, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, right? Nope, not talking about him either. Okay, game time 3. Hmm, we're going through our better 3 point shooters. What about Dennis Schroeder? 5 of 17 from the field? Haha, <laughs> nope. 
Not talking about him, although 12 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. It was an ugly game. Wasn't Darius Bailey. No one else really got any minutes. It was a certain Lugens Dort. That is right. In a game 7, Lugens Dort, who had a game where he went 2 of 16, had a game where he missed all 9 of his 3s, went for 30, 30 points on 47% shooting, went and shot 50% from 3, and he knocked down 6 3-pointers. 4-6 from the line, 4 rebounds. The dude was everywhere playing with 5 fouls. This was an ugly, sloppy game, and Lou Dort said, come on, OKC, we are going places. Lou Dort, Lou Dort, like, I can't get out of myself on that. But, in a game that was just nasty, ugly, it was filmed like uh, a Planet Fitness game at a certain point in time, the Rockets won. 104 to 102, they will be playing the Lakers in the second round. It took everything. Russell Westbrook, he had some dumb plays, but more or less bounced back like he said he would, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. James Harden played very ugly, but he made the defensive block of the of, of the night. The defensive play of the game. One of his three blocks. Two steals. 17 points. 4-15 shooting. 1-9 from 3. He looked pretty bad at times. Like, he looked pretty bad all night. <laughs> he just was out of breath. Seemed his conditioning was off. Kind of playing off the ball. Ball watching on the defensive end was horrible. The hero for the Rockets, though, if we're being real, for real, for real, Lou Dort on one side, Robert Covington on the other. Robert Covington in 39 big minutes for the Rockets, 21 points to lead them in scoring. Six three-pointers, 10 rebounds, two assists, three steals, three blocks, also playing with five fouls, doing everything. Eric Gordon bounced back, had a good game for the first time. It feels all playoffs. He erupted if you call 21 points an eruption, but he knocked down five and nine threes after shooting some goodness off of 14% from out there. Yes, I said 1-4%. It was terrible. Terrible. P.J. Tucker got 39 minutes. Daniel House played big. Jeff Green bounced back a little bit. 13 points. Three boards in 20 minutes. Noted scorer Austin Rivers. That's right. Remember our, our, our premier scorer in the league? I'm sorry. I will continue to use that until the season's over. Played seven minutes didn't do anything he got up five shots in those seven minutes didn't make anything four of them being threes didn't make those either he is hilarious i love austin rivers because who who else aside from maybe me would have the audacity to say something like that but no this game oh man this game was a game and a half y'all it, it really was the that last ending was rough james harden with the horrible scoring uh uh uh, game Steven Adams taking a uh, three to try to come for the win. That was weird, uh, especially when Dennis Schroeder could have had an easy cut to the basket because all the Rockets were focused on was, was everyone else but him. It was horrible. It was horrible. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad Russell Westbrook's going to second round, though. I'm, I'm telling you this immediate reactions. I'm recording this, obviously, right after the game happened. I am all scattershot right now. I am not composed. Um, and this was, it, it was something else. It was something else. Uh, again, this will be a knock on Billy Donovan with multiple chances to get open looks for anyone in the Thunder. Multiple chances. And, and just like he's done in the past, he was not able to do that. It, it wasn't. And this was uh, the, the game deciding play on a sideline out of bounds play. And. Shea Gilgis Alexander's inbounding it. They aren't able to get anyone open. He passes the ball to Steven Adams, who then collides with several assorted rockets. 
uh, among them P.J. Tucker and Russell Westbrook, and, and that was the series. Who thought that James Harden winning Game 7 with a defensive play was what anybody thought, really? Nobody. Nobody. It was crazy. It was crazy. Also, on that block by James Harden, he was literally coming up. He went on the side of Lou Dort. He went for the shot and blocked it. Lou Dort, firmly in bounds with both hands on the ball because he recovered his block, tried to throw it off of Harden's feet. I will never, ever understand that. He had the ball. He wasn't in danger of stepping out of bounds. And if he was, throw it to a teammate. But he was firmly in bounds. He tries to throw it off Harden. Harden jumps out of the way. The ball sails out of bounds and it's Rockets ball. But guess what? I mean, Lou Dorr had done so much at that point, I can't even knock him like that. He was the reason the Thunder even in that position. He was. Nobody saw that offensive eruption happening. Nobody. Anyway, okay, see, what a what a weird... um, What a weird year. What a weird game. What a weird series. At the end of the day, they have nothing to hang their hats about. They did a lot this year. They did a lot this year. At the same time, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you, you wish you could have had that. Chris Paul had one of the more healthy seasons he's had. The team scrapped and fought, and, and it, for it to end the way it did was disappointing. It was an ugly game. You know, no one stood out. A lot of the game, again, we referenced that Bucks series and how the refs had a large hand in that. They had a large hand in this one, too, and you never want that. Also, the bubble may have been more conducive to a lot better shooting performances from different players and teams in general, but it's also given us a lot more sequences where we just get ugly basketball. Just stretches of basketball that I could do at the gym or my local park down the street or in my backyard of just like laboring shots and air balls and haggard running and, and just, it's a mess. But this was a, a game seven and, and this is what you expect with that and it worked out as you would expect. And so now... The Rockets will move on. They will play the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round. The Thunder will go home. It was a heck of a series. There's so many details to break down. I'm sure we'll have to look at this again because you're not just getting this from me. Check out Hoop Ball in general. We're going to be covering this and all the other series in fine fashion because this was a lot. This was this was a freaking series, y'all. This was a freaking series. The Rockets managed to hold off. Game 7 win for them. James Harden with the game-winning block. Robert Covington, the offensive superstar for the Rockets, and they're somehow able to hold off a career night by Lou Dort of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, who would have thought that? Anyways, that's pretty much it for today's episode of NBA Today. Today, later on tonight, at 6.30, we have the Toronto Raptors playing the Boston Celtics. The Raptors are going to try to steal the game. They're down two games to zero. They're going to try to take order again. It is so weird in the Eastern Conference right now that the number one and two seeds are down 0-2 to their respective opponents. But the Raptors need to solve that Boston puzzle and find a way to win a game and get back in the series. Currently down 2-0. It's not over yet, but if they lose this game, it doesn't look promising. It doesn't look promising. And then... <laughs> I loved the Nuggets and how they got off that Game 7 win and... Um, Scott Van Pelt was interviewing Jamal Murray and said, hey, you know, are you excited to play on Thursday? And the look of horror that flashed in Jamal Murray's face when he's like, we play on Thursday? Yep, well, guess what? It's Thursday. And it's the first game of the second round for the Los Angeles Clippers who have been rested and waiting. Clippers versus Nuggets should be interesting to see how that unfolds. But until then, y'all, that is all we got for NBA today. As always, it's been Corbin Ford. 
It's been real. It's been fun. You can follow me at CorbinNBA on Twitter. Check out my IG at NBA Barbarian. Check out the fine folks at HoopBall, Hoop-Ball.com, and on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Remember, promo code HoopBall for my bookie and check out hoop ball 20 for that manscape lawnmower 3.0 stay fresh stay frosty take care i will talk to y'all real real soon folks this has been a hoop ball presentation